Welcome to the Vintage Saints and Sinners podcast. I'm Karen Wright Marsh. Do you wonder if Christian faith can be truly lived in today's complex and changing world? Well, this is the place to find broken and beautiful companions for your everyday pilgrimage. Here, you'll find embodied witnesses, Christians from different eras and different cultures. They're people we sometimes call saints, but they were also sinners, just like you and me. Today, I'm talking about ancient friendships and the future of faith with my friend, religion and culture writer Jonathan Merritt. I'm glad you're here with us. Today, I'm going to talk with my friend Jonathan Merritt on the idea of ancient friendships and the future of faith. Jonathan Merritt is an award-winning writer on religion, culture, and politics. I love his recent book called Learning to Speak God from Scratch, Why Sacred Words Are Vanishing and How We Can Revive Them. He is a contributing writer for The Atlantic, and you'll see his work anywhere from the New York Times and USA Today to BuzzFeed and the Washington Post. So I'm really happy to have you with me today, Jonathan. Thanks for coming. Oh, gosh, it's always my pleasure to talk with you. Well, tell me some of who are some of your favorite vintage Christians, as I call them, who has influenced your your thinking, your journey, your faith? St. Francis is one uh, for sure. I love, 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 love uh, the medieval mystics. I love uh, C.S. Lewis and uh, Tolkien and, and uh, you know, some of the, the great fiction writers of that era who kind of embodied Christian thought in these fantastical stories. Uh, lately, I would say, I have really been connecting with uh, Ignatius. And uh, I, I last year, I guess it was last year, maybe the year before that, but about a year, year, year and a half ago, I decided I would take on a spiritual director, which uh, for those people who are listening who are evangelical or even a lot of Protestants that don't have spiritual direction in their, uh, in their tradition, it might sound a little weird, but it's basically someone who sits with you and helps you notice God in your everyday uh, by asking a series of questions. And so I, I brought on a, uh, a Jesuit priest who I meet with now about once a month, and we begin to kind of observe how God's working in my life so that I won't miss it. The Society of Jesus, the Jesuits, they, they are really rooted in the teachings and the historical narrative of Ignatius of Loyola. And so I've, I've read his autobiography, and I've been reading about his, his uh, spiritual exercises, and now I feel like I know him. It's so yes. it's so weird. I, I often think like, all right, now how would Ignatius think through this, or what would he be telling me to do in this moment? And so that's become yeah. a real close friend to me at this time in my life. 
Yeah, I love that idea of a friend, you know, an ancient friend who mm. comes alongside and kind of whispers in your ear. Now, you and I are both preachers' kids uh, from the in the Protestant tradition. So I am curious to know, growing up, what you thought about this word saint. How was that used in your context? Well, uh, the only thing I often joke that the only thing I learned about saints growing up Southern Baptist was that one day they were going to come marching in, and I apparently wanted to be in that number. But, you know, in, in recent years, I've kind of begun to realize that us Protestants, we could use a few more saints, yeah. uh, that we could use a few more people who are these kinds of shining examples of what it means to follow Jesus in unique ways and in unique time periods, that they are, uh, as you know, Jacques Dulay says, as those who march in front and give the example. Mm. Uh, that, to me, is what a saint is. And I think that Protestants are often poorer as a result of not having a very strong tradition of sainthood uh, in our own tradition. And, and maybe it's simply a, a problem of words, like to think there are people that we admire, or there are exemplars, or there are witnesses who've gone before us that were hung up on this word saint, because it has these implications that that maybe have we've just misunderstood um, who these saints are for us or who they could be. Here's a simple question for you, Jonathan. What is the future of Christian faith in America? And how might saints help us towards a better a better future? How may these ancient friends or these exemplars from the past give us some guidance forward at a time when there's so much conflict and disagreement? Well, I think in order to talk about the future in America, you have to talk about the past. And uh, when you look at the, the mid 20th century into the late 20th century, uh, it was the high tide of civil religion. And in that period, just about the most respectable thing you could do was to declare yourself a Christian. Uh, in fact, uh, it would be very difficult in that time period to hold public office if you were not uh, declaring yourself a Christian, showing up. They would ask you, uh, you know, if you're running for office, they wouldn't ask you if you attend church. They would ask you where you attend church. Uh, so it was how you sort of uh, signaled that you were a good person. And I think that now as America becomes more pluralistic, postmodern, post-Christian, uh, that to be a Christian uh, is going to uh, not be at all like that. It's going to be misunderstood. It's going to mean uh, being a little strange, uh, a little weird. Uh, and I think that when you think about the saints of old, when you think about these vintage voices in the Christian tradition, these are nonconformists who dream dreams and saw visions, who claim to have heard Christ literally whisper in their ears. Uh, the Apostle Paul once said, our dedication to Christ will make us look like fools. And so saints... Uh, for, as we move into this postmodern, post-Christian, pluralistic future, I think they, their stories can speak to us from beneath us and behind us and say, it's okay if you're a little bit crazy. Mm -hmm. It's okay if you're a little off kilter. It's okay if you are 
uh, a, a little misunderstood. And so I think we're going to need the witness of, of saints more than ever before as we move into this new era of Christian history. And I spend a lot of time with, with university students here at the University of Virginia, and I have found that there is a lot less agreement or even basic understanding of Christian doctrine, of dogma, you know, of principles that we all know about, biblical literacy. But a story somehow is all, for me, the quickest way into a really interesting, healthy discussion of Christian spirituality. Mm-hmm. Because you tell a story and you're really not offering up an argument. You're offering up an engaged life, you know, an authentic person. So I don't know. I feel like telling the stories of these ancient friends, of these ancient saints, just has a way of bypassing so much of the things that get us into trouble and so many of the roadblocks or the walls that come up when we start talking about religion. Yeah, and I think I think what you're what you're touching on uh, is how the the Christian gospel may go forward in a time where the the cultural epistemology is postmodern. You know, there there was a time when this kind of apologetic approach worked. It was all logic, and now I think a narrative approach works. People want examples. They want to hear your story. They don't want you to argue them into being a Christian as much as they they want to hear a story of how this thing has made a difference in your life. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think saints, they sort of work for people who are experiential, Yeah, for people who are narrative thinkers. And I think you're really getting at something important there, that, that this is a tool that Christians have in their tool belts. And there are many of us where I think I think we could really benefit from from using that tool a little bit more. And I find that there are so many stories. There are so many incredible followers of Jesus through history. I mean, and of course, so many millions that we will never know. We will never know their story or their words. But even among the the witnesses that we know, the variety is so incredible. And another aspect that I find um, so helpful and productive is seeing their stories from beginning to end. I was working with some uh, students today before I came to talk to you, Jonathan, and we were reading uh, words from C.S. Lewis. And of course, everybody knows C.S. Lewis pretty much, at least in the evangelical world. And we think of him as this great Christian apologist. But I said to them, you know, when, when Jack Lewis was your age and he was at the university at Oxford, he was a confirmed and passionate atheist. And so he struggled. You know, he was an intellectual. He struggled with faith and was traumatized by his childhood. And you know, it wasn't until he was in his 30s that he came to a really deep relationship with God and, and was, con- as he said, the most reluctant convert in, in England. And so I think just the power of that story of a person who struggled, who doubted, who sought, who ran away, who was attracted, who lived in the world of the imagination. And the imagination and beauty was his way back to God. That his story, for me, is just all the, the more beautiful because he didn't just, wasn't just born this perfect Christian, but he, fa- mm. he found his way into uh, a witness. You know, I, I'm curious because I agree with you. Uh, I'm wondering... Do you ever run into students there at the University of Virginia who feel resistant 
to thinking about faith or maybe viewing faith through the lens of these uh, these narratives uh, that they're resistant to the idea of incorporating the notion of sainthood or maybe just the, the, the types of things you're talking about. Do you ever find resistance mm-hmm. from people? Maybe they come from a tradition that, you know, doesn't have space yeah. uh, for, for these kinds of things, or do you feel like mostly, no, it's, it's, it's open armed. People love this. They've been waiting for this <laughs> and this sort of meets their need. I'm here at last with my stories. <laughs> well, I think, I think there are two, two problems that come up or two, complications or places where we have to do some work and discussion. One is that if I'm not leading with the Bible and I'm not always referring back to scripture and to talk to very explicit talk about Jesus Christ, I think maybe there's some discomfort or some sense that that's missing. And so I, when I'm having conversations, I'm listening out for that. And I'm also listening to the other students in the room who may know nothing of the Bible, who really um, might be alienated by a Bible study. So yeah, I think there there may be some suspicion that this is all just storytelling, but w- let's get on with let's get on with the truth, you know, of the Bible. Mm-hmm. So I th- and that's you know that's f- fair enough. So I think of course there are limits to telling these stories of saints. And before you even get to that problem, there's the problem of what are we even talking about when we say saint and who says you're a saint and who says you're not, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, we, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm choosing to talk about C.S. Lewis because I personally feel that he's, he has important things to say as a Christian witness, but I don't know there, you know, there's some people out there who might be called saints who were slaveholders or racists or uh, misogynistic, you know, when, when is a saint? Uh, you know, off the crossed off a list for their sins because we talk about they're all we're all sinners and we're all saints. But I don't know. That's I think it's tricky, uh, honestly, when you start uh, getting into who do we hold up as these friends that we'll follow and listen to. Mm-hmm. And 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 I don't know if you if you've run into this, but uh, I often find too that my friends who grew up Catholic, maybe they don't. They don't hold that tradition in high regard anymore because they they've aligned now with another tradition. They will almost find it to be a little triggering yeah. because it reminds them of something they've come from that they don't want to be a part of at this point in their faith journey. Um, for me, I find it refreshing because it's like it's like I get to to play with all of these stories that I didn't even know existed. But in, in part, that's because of where I've come from as well. Absolutely. That's completely my story too. And I, I think, I honestly, a lot of the, my interest in stories and sources maybe came out of my own discomfort, um, my own unwillingness to speak the evangelical Christian language that I had been brought up with. Yeah, it, I think there is a freshness there for me that, that might not be there for other people. Mm-hmm. Mm. Well, when you think about listeners or friends who might want to dig into some of these ancient friendships or saints, as we've chosen to call them, where would you point them? Where are the stories or the online resources or websites or books that you've found useful as a way of dipping in other than getting into those dusty volumes um, in my library? Well, I'll say this, and I'll preface this by saying to all of the listeners that I'm I'm not paid to say this. But I do love your your book, 
because I think you have to have a survey first. You have to touch the 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 hem of of each of these stories first. And then I say, okay, which one resonates with you? And when you feel something resonate with you, then go deep. Yeah. Then then buy a biography of that one. Uh, I think that that's really helpful. It's at least been helpful for me. I've been able to say, okay, now that I've now that I've gotten a, an overview of some of these voices. Now, for example, with Francis, I read a biography of Francis, reading all of this um, this Jesuit literature about, about Ignatius. That comes in kind of the second round. So giving people the the thirty thousand foot and then letting them dive deep. That to me is the best way to go about it. Yeah. Well, thank you for the for the pitch for Vintage Saints and Sinners. <laughs> you know, a book that really helped me when I was developing this is James Martin's book, My Life with the Saints, because he does profile different saints whom he loves and in telling those stories that brought me in. And he's got even on YouTube some some videos, very short four or five minute introductions. So I have found a lot of online resources to be helpful. Um well, Jonathan, it's it's really fun to talk to another preacher's kid, um, Protestant kid, <laughs> about our little saint uh, things and nerd out on that. But I do love um, these stories and these people, and I'm so excited that we share this interest. And um, I thank you for having this conversation with me. Oh, my pleasure. All of my friends know that I have a real thing for dusty old saints. But through my conversation with Jonathan, I'm more convinced than ever that we need the wisdom of ancient friends to guide us during our own confusing time. My hope is that whatever you're struggling with, whatever you're rejoicing over, you're reassured knowing that older brothers and sisters have been where you are before, and that they understand. Thank you for joining me today. I'm Karen Wright Marsh, and I'm the Executive Director of Theological Horizons, a ministry based in Charlottesville at the University of Virginia. I'd love to hear from you. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Theological Horizons. Come by my website, KarenWrightMarsh.com. You'll find out more about the Vintage Saints and Sinners podcast, get show notes, and learn about my book, Vintage Saints and Sinners. You can download free printable study guides for your small group or just for yourself and keep the conversation going. Thanks to the generosity of the Lloyd and Vivian Noble Foundation and to the Friends of Theological Horizons. I hope you'll support the Vintage Saints and Sinners podcast with a tax-deductible gift to Theological Horizons. Go to theologicalhorizons.org slash giving or donate on Venmo at theological-horizons. The Vintage Saints and Sinners podcast is produced by Gabriel Hunter Chang. Our music is by Will Marsh of Gold Connections. <laughs>